Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast and another episode of A Year of No Fear. Today, I'm going to be reading in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verse 14. It's the main verse that I'm focusing on, but I'm going to be reading from verse 1 to verse 20. So I'll just go ahead and get right into it. Actually, no, I'm not. I take it back. (laughs) I posted on my Instagram yesterday just talking about like how much longer these episodes are getting. And you guys don't know this, but I literally had to chop up um, an episode last week because it was 40 minutes long. And I was like, wow, I just basically did an, an entire like full length episode. But these episodes, like, they started out at, like, three and four minutes, and now they're ending up about, like, 20 minutes. So they're just getting longer and longer, but it's because I genuinely love talking about God. I love talking about the Word of God, and He's just giving me so much revelation and so much illumination from His Word, and just so much, like, faith is starting to rise up because, I mean, obviously His Word is true, and He is faithful to perform his word and just going through every Bible verse so far through these two months of the year of no fear, you just see like the the promises come to pass time and time again. And even like I'm starting to see the fruit or I'm starting to see some of those promises in my life and things that I didn't know notice before I'm starting to notice. And one of those things is if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Like if you obey his voice, if you listen to his voice, he will cause you to increase. He will bless the work of your hands. And I've been seeing that in the the numbers and in the, the people who are giving me feedback and commenting on, on the podcast. And I just want to say that I appreciate you guys so much. And I thank you guys so much for listening and um, being here. But when I first started, you know, being consistent, with the podcast in November, I think is when I started November or December. I was at about 100 plays of the podcast. Maybe it was like 50. I can't even remember. But it was it was a very low number. And from there, once I started getting consistent, it grew to like 100. And then 100 turned into 200. And this happened over the course of like, maybe from December or from November to December and in December I think is when I hit about like maybe 250 or something like that and then in January like this month this last month I hit 500 and now already in February I went from about 550 to I'm two plays away from a thousand I'm at 998 plays So just seeing the increase of people listening, like God will bless the work of your hands. He will do everything. Every promise in the word of God is yes and amen. And just looking, not even just with the podcast, but seeing things happen like in my personal life, you know, like in my own relationship with God, like even things that happened in past seasons and I didn't even recognize it. I didn't even realize it. Like I shared with you guys last week or maybe two weeks ago at this point, I can't remember about the 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 small accident that I got in in the parking lot just seeing like even that like just seeing things that happened in the past that I didn't like give God the the glory for give God the credit or even realize that wow God was working on my behalf and I didn't even know it 
And like, he's still doing that even to this day. So just going through these things, I'm just like, I'm just so grateful for who God is. Like, and there's no other way for me to explain that. Like, I'm just so in love. I'm so grateful for him being a good, good father. He is everything that his word says that he is because his word is truth and it stands forever and he's not a liar. So anyway, that was a very long introduction and this episode is probably going to be even longer now, but I'm going to go ahead and get into it. Nehemiah chapter four, verse one. And I have to do this. I'm sorry. I have to do this. But first Chronicles, first and second Chronicles, which was the book that we just came out of, they were written by Ezra and Nehemiah, giving the history of Israel and them getting into their promised land and building the temple and building the walls around Israel and stuff like that. And then the walls came down and Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls and the gates around the city. And he had enemies. One of his enemies was Sanballat and another one was Tobiah. So that's who they are because I'm not going to go back and give you the entire history. You guys should really, I mean, honestly, just read your Bible. But like the whole thing is just really good. I love reading about like the history too, but I also love realizing that we're not very far removed. Like, yes, time is a thing. Like we're far removed in regards of time, but like this stuff is still applicable for today. So I just, I don't know. I just love reading about this stuff. Anyway, Nehemiah chapter four, verse one. Sanballat was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think that they're doing? Do they think that they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, That stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. Then I prayed, Hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. At last the wall was complete to half its height around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. But when Sambalat and Tobiah, the Arabs, Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps of the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired and there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. Then the Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. Then I looked over the situation, called together their nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. 
When the enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. But from then on, only half of my men worked while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail, like chain mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work with one hand, supporting their load and one hand holding a weapon. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeter stayed with me to sound the alarm. Then I explained to the nobles and the officials and all the people, the work is very spread out and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. When you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to, rush to wherever it is sounding. Then our God will fight for us. In Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14, he says, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. That's it. A few weeks ago, maybe two weeks at this point, we were reading in the book of Second Samuel. And in Second Samuel, we see a dialogue between David and his best friend, Jonathan. And right before that, David was aware that Saul was coming to try to attack him, try to kill him. And I think it happens again. And I can't remember um, which podcast episode I talked about that in. But God will show you the plans of the enemy. He will show you the, the attack, the hand of the enemy trying to come and mess things up in your life. Like we, if you are, if you're in tune with the Lord, if you are in tune with the Lord, if you're a vessel that the Lord can speak to and speak through, like if your ears are open to hear his voice, then he will tell you the plans of the enemy before the attack even comes. He will show you the plans of the enemy. And that's throughout the entire word. It happens in Ezekiel. It happens in Jeremiah. It happens in Isaiah, where God will show the plans of the enemy before the things try to come to pass, before that, before the enemy even has a chance to send an attack. It happens throughout the entire word. The Lord will expose the plans of the enemy and he will give you a, a strategy to come against that thing. And just like he did with Nehemiah, it says in verse 15, when the, when our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated their plans, they returned to the wall and then they put a plan into place. They put men stationed around people who were working. Their men who were actually working were armed. They put a plan into place. And we don't fight against flesh and blood. We're in a new covenant. Our victory has already been won. So we're not warring against the enemy to try to get victory. We don't fight against him to try to get victory. That battle has already been won. We fight from a victorious place. We fight from a place of victory, knowing that the enemy cannot take us out, knowing that it is impossible for our enemy to stand against us. If you know who you are. If you know that that victory has already been won. So yes, the enemy will still try to attack. He will still try to take you out. But you know that we already have the victory in the end. And I don't mean in the end, like when Jesus comes back. I mean, we can know that we're going to come out of whatever attack with our heads held high and knowing that we're going to win regardless of what he does, regardless of what happens. Even if you can't, like, even if you don't understand how it's going to happen, 
you know, you just know because it's by faith, you know, because we already hold the victory. So Nehemiah made a strategy because he heard that their enemies were going to try to come out and attack them from all different directions. So he put men into place to guard their work. And that's how it is today. God will tell you, hey, this is what the enemy's going to try today. This is what the enemy's going to try in a week or whatever it is. He'll show you the plans of the enemy. He'll give you dreams and visions and words. He'll tell you something physically like he'll tell you. Like if you've ever had a dream and you knew it was like something like a, a demonic attack that happened in the dream. That was a prophetic dream that the Lord was giving you to show you something that's going to happen. And it doesn't have to be like this demonic like attack. Like, you know, you have to pray about your dreams. Like if you have them, pray about the visions that you receive. But the Lord will give you insight to what the enemy is plotting to do. And he will give you a plan and he will give you a strategy to ensure that that thing will not go the way that the enemy is trying to intend it to go. Like I remember a while ago that I got a dream about one of my best friends and diagnosed with like a terminal illness, a terminal disease. And when I woke up, I knew that that was a demonic attack. And I didn't know if it was the Lord showing me the plans of the enemy or if it was the enemy trying to instill fear. And when I prayed, I didn't get any clarity about it. But what I did do when I woke up is I rebuked that off of her. I rebuked any attack like that from the enemy. But God will show you, he will expose to you the the plans that the enemy has. And there is a strategy, there is a way that you can, there's a way that you can position yourself to to not have to, to see those things come to pass. You don't just get the dream and are like, oh, okay, well, this is coming regardless of what I do. Nope. What did Nehemiah do? He put people into position and they were not able to attack them. He frustrated the plans of the enemy. So again, in verse 14, Nehemiah says, don't be afraid of the enemy. Do not be afraid of your adversary. Do not be afraid of Satan. He wants you to be afraid of him, but you don't have to be. I know it's like something like, We fear the unknown. We don't see Satan. And like we're told like, I mean, pretty much like if you grew up in church or not, like you know that the devil is bad. If you have some like knowledge of God and who God is, you know that the devil is bad. So there's always like this underlying fear that people will just kind of like project into you that the enemy, that the devil is somebody that we should be afraid of. But you do not have to fear your enemy because when you really know Jesus, when you really know God and when you really are aware of who you are in him, you know that there is nothing that I will be afraid of. There's nothing that I should, can or will be afraid of because of who that I have in me. And I talked about that yesterday. So go back and listen to that episode that I that I recorded yesterday and yesterday's episode of A Year of No Fear because of who who's in me. The Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. I have someone that is greater in me than any enemy, any demon, any devil that is in the world. 
Do not be afraid of your enemy. I don't care how big or how scary things look. Don't be afraid of your enemy because you have someone. If you have trusted and put your life in the hands of Jesus Christ and you've repented of your sin and you and you've um confessed with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you have someone, the Holy Spirit that is in you that is greater than anyone else in the world. And then after he says, don't be afraid of the enemy, he says, remember the Lord who is great and glorious. Remember the things that the Lord has done for you. Remember the the ways that the Lord has stayed faithful. Remember the things that the Lord has said in his word. Remember the things that have come to pass. Remember the things that are true. Set your eyes on the truth. And if you haven't seen or if you can't remember the things that the Lord has done, go to the word. Because even if your personal experiences, because if if you had asked me like a few months ago, what, what are the things that the Lord has done? I, I honestly, I don't know if I could have given you an answer, like other than my testimony. Because I wasn't seeing the promises of I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't seeing the promises of God being fulfilled in my life because I wasn't doing anything. I could have told you what he did. He did for me when I first got saved. I could have told you the ways that he delivered me. I could have told you the things that he'd done in, in prayer time. But actively in that moment, the thing, the promises of God, I was not seeing come to pass. I was not seeing those things come to pass. And even the ways that he defended me, I was ignorant and blind to those things as well. I knew the things of the spirit, but I wasn't walking in the things of the spirit. There's a difference between knowing something and then doing something there. There's a thing in the Bible that says, don't be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. I think that's in the book of James. Yeah, in James 1, 22, it says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. In the New King James Version, it says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. There's a difference between knowing in your head and then understanding in your heart. Because when you under, when you get to a place where you understand in your heart, that's when faith starts to come alive. That's when you start doing things because you understand and you are fully convinced that this is the truth and that there is no other way. It says you're deceiving yourself. You're fooling yourself if you think that you can only hear the word but not act on it. You're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything. I heard the word of the Lord a lot and I believed it. A few months ago, I believed in prosperity. I believed in healing. I believed in all of that. For the majority of my walk with the Lord, I've believed that. But I wasn't seeing anything happen because I wasn't putting practice to my faith. I wasn't doing anything that was worth anything. I had the podcast, but I wasn't it, like I wasn't doing anything with it. I believed the word, but I wasn't acting on the word. I was just, I was doing nothing. Like I was, you know, reading, going to Bible study, all that stuff. I was hearing the word a lot, but in my own time, I was just going to work, coming home. But there was nothing for God to work with because I wasn't setting my hand to something. There was nothing for the Lord to bless because I wasn't setting my hand to something. And I don't know how I got here, but I did. But I just want to tell you that if you only hear the word and you don't act on it, if you only hear the word and you don't do anything with it, then you won't see anything come to pass. So if you haven't seen that, I, I can I'll just put that in your ear. Maybe you should start doing something. 
Maybe you should set your hand to something. But also the enemy, he makes he tries to get you to forget the things that the Lord has done for you in the past. That the Lord has spoken to you in the past. Words that the Lord has given to you. They didn't fall. They didn't take root. They didn't fall on good ground. There's a parable that Jesus talks about um, where seed is being planted. But some fell on good ground. Some fell on rocky ground. Some fell on, you know, I don't even know what the other, the other one was. Just not good ground at all. Like it looked like good ground on the top, but actually below that it was in, it was rocky. And then other, it, it was just dry and barren. Like nothing could even stick. There was no place for the roots to grow. So in one, the word sunk down and it got roots. Another, there were roots that grew, but they got choked out. And then another one, the roots weren't even able to grow. Birds immediately just came up and ate the seed. And in both hands, it will be the enemy. The enemy, like the, you'll get a word from the Lord and the enemy will either immediately take it. He will either immediately steal that word or, and this is all if you allow him to do that, or it'll take root for a moment. It'll take root for a season, but the second things start to get hard, boop, that word has been, that word has been stolen. You no longer believe it because you look at what you see in the natural. Anyway. Don't fear your enemy. Remember the things that the Lord has done for you. And remember that he's always good and glorious. And if you can't, if you genuinely can't see the things that, that you can't see things come to pass in your life, if you don't, if you haven't seen many things come to pass in in your life or in your walk with the Lord, go to the word. The word is always true. And then it'll start to encourage you. It'll start to give you faith. It'll start to your faith will start to rise because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith doesn't come by seeing things come to pass in your life. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and understanding the word of God. So you have to hear the word and then you have to understand it. And the only way that you can do that is by meditating on the word. You don't just read it like it's some textbook that has no life to it. You read it and you ponder, you sit and you think, you sit and you meditate and you pray about the words that you're reading. You let it take root into your heart. You let it go from your head and go down to your heart. You let that become the only truth that is in your life. There is no other truth but the word of God. God is the only truth that is in this life. It's his word. If it's not something that's grounded on his word, it's a lie. I don't care what anybody says. If what somebody is saying to you is not grounded in the word of God, it is not the truth. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys being here again. And I'll be talking to you guys tomorrow with a Wednesday word about actions. And that's the last one that I'm doing for the plans, motives, and actions. If you're not already, subscribe to the podcast so you get notifications when I upload a a new podcast episode. And follow me on Instagram. It's at H-I-H-B podcast. Thank you guys so much again for listening. And I love you guys. And I'll be talking to you tomorrow. Bye.